playoffs are just around the corner and we had to have this guy on to talk about everything that's going on in the NHL leading in to the dance for the Stanley Cup. David Bastel. David, how's it going today? Great to talk to you, James. Hello, Jamie. Uh, everything's good out here in sunny Toronto outside of the COVID numbers, but we won't get into that right now because that is a depressing part of the conversation. It definitely is. Well, you know, let's sway it to the good side of things. It's Friday. It's sunny in Nova Scotia as well as so the sun across the land. And we're heading into the playoffs starting this weekend with the American division matchups, obviously. I want to ask you right off the hop, David, outside of the Canadian matchups, which here in Canada, we're hyped up about, we're excited about, you know, Oilers, Jets, Maple Leafs, Canadians, first time in so long. What matchup outside of the Canadian ones has really got you going? What has some juice for you? I'm looking at Washington, Boston, and then, of course, the Florida-Tampa matchup. But what's got uh, got you excited to watch outside of the Canadian ones? Well, you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to jump on that Bruins-Capitals because I think that is the number one matchup of the first round when you look at everything across the board. And I'm going to include the North Division in that just because you have two competitive teams that really are within inches of each other in almost every single category, which is truly remarkable. Uh, it's almost a pity when, when you look at it that one of these two teams are going to be eliminated in the first round of the postseason. So that's one for me. The personal one on the side, and it's just because of a betting aspect I have, I have a futures on the Carolina Hurricanes. So at the beginning of the season, I bet them to win the division, and I got that right. And I also put a futures number. I know you guys are going to laugh, but I put a futures number on the Hurricanes to win the Stanley Cup. I got a really good price, and I thought it was pretty good value at the time. And I guess we'll see how it goes. But so a personal perspective is the Carolina Hurricanes, just because I want to win some money into this. But you know what? I'm looking forward to this. I've had enough of the, you know, the three on three games, uh, you know, the four, uh, the four straight games against the same opponents. And I think you could see that league wide right now. We're going to see it in the postseason, but it's going to mean a heck of a lot more now that they drop the puck for real. Oh, definitely. I wanted to touch on that Washington Boston series and Jamie, I'll get your input in a second here. Um, you look at Washington and Boston, obviously the Chara factor there, the Tom Wilson factor. But I look at this as Boston's maybe semi-last kick at the can. I know you got Pasta and Bergeron and, and Marchand. Everybody's having okay years, and Pasta's still not that old. But soon enough, this core group for the Boston Bruins is going to age out. And, you know, they may not be top shelf. They may make it to the playoffs. But we've seen teams have that steady decline and then those players no longer be as effective as they used to be, um, leaving the younger guys to kind of fill the gaps. I'm wondering for you, David, if you look at the Boston Bruins and say, this may be one of their very last best kicks at the can, especially with Krejci still on that team, because we all know at the end of the season, he's not probably going to be back in Boston. I think so. I think this is the last uh, kick at it. And, and that's why I was really happy when they went full in and brought in Taylor Hall, because Taylor Hall is showing us what the Buffalo Sabres thought Taylor Hall would be to Jack Eichel in Buffalo. That did not happen. That couldn't have been a worse disaster, what we saw in Buffalo. Taylor Hall has kind of solidified the top six forwards. When you when you put out that Patrice Bergeron line, we all know how great that is. Leaf fans will very much know how great that line is because they've been very good for a long time. Now you now you almost have an equally as strong second line. And when you look at the production between lines one and two since the trade deadline, they're almost equal. So what the Bruins have going there is, is six out of the 12 forwards, pretty strong as far as offensive capabilities. You have a younger core defense. I still don't know why you get rid of Zidane Ochara, you know, price-wise. It's a cheap contract. No idea. 
It's the captain of the team. It's leadership. I know he doesn't play 25 minutes, but he doesn't have to utilize him like the Capitals that I think that might come back to haunt him. But I, I just wish he was there in this series. If you're betting Boston on this one, uh, I, I think the Bruins, this is your last kick at the can. Yes, absolutely. Jamie, I want to get your uh, weigh in uh, first on what you think the, uh, the favorite series are outside the Canadian divisions. And then, uh, a little bit of thoughts on the Washington Boston. I want to talk a Tampa, Florida here in a moment. Well, I'm away from the Canadian teams, Edmonton, Jets, Leafs, and Habs. Um, I live here in Halifax, so I'm obviously going to be cheering for Nathan McKinnon. Congrats to them. They got the President's Cup over Vegas. Um, even though ba- Vegas is kind of banged up at the moment, um, good on Colorado. Um, they are my cup favorites. As far as the Boston-Washington, David hit the nail on the head. They shouldn't have let Char go. Yes, he might not play 25 minutes, but look what Thornton's doing in Toronto. He's a gray beard. He's Good example. He, yeah, so he's providing leadership for this team. Um, there was a question on Twitter this morning. Um, will Char going to Washington haunt the Bruins? I don't like the back end. McElroy is kind of – he's still got a – learn his legs, I guess, or learn his legs in the National Hockey League um, or learn his licks or whatever word you want to use there. As long as Tuka Rask plays Tuka Rask hockey, um, Boston's got a good chance um, amongst the rest of them. I really like uh, David's pick, though, on Carolina, a dark horse. Um, James Reimer can steal you a few games. Morazic's in the, also in the crease. He can steal a few games. Um uh, Unfortunately, they don't have Justin Williams, Mr. Overtime, so that yeah. really that, that really can't can't help them um, moving forward. But uh, you're absolutely right, David. If you're going with a dark horse that's going to fill your pockets, then you've got to go with the Hurricanes. Um, they're just a resilient team, and look at look at the Islanders, um, another resilient team. They've got uh, Barry Trotz over there, and um, it's Lou Lamorello. It's a, it's going to be an exciting. Um, two months of hockey um, until Lord Stanley's crowned. Uh, it's, 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 it's really don't know who to really pick out of uh, each, each side, but uh, you know, obviously James were, were with the Leafs, but I'm going with uh, McKinnon um, and the Colorado avalanche. Got a Kale McCarr is going to win the Vez or the Norris trophy. And uh, he's also going to have a Stanley cup ring to go along with it. So some bold predictions. We'll see Shots what happens fired, there. Eh? Shots fired. I know. <laughs> Where's this Leaf fandom at? Leafs aren't even out yet. This guy's like, yo, I don't, I don't know. The man. old car's got it all locked up. Locked know, up, it's, boys. Locked up. It, it's it's golf season almost now. My my uh, Leafs cap's on the shelf, and I'm now wearing my golf hat. So it's that just goes that kind of show, goes to show where I'm kind of at. But hey, it's you're right, James. <laughs> We're talking Leafs. We love talking Leafs, but uh, we'll, we'll get to the Leafs in a minute. Get I wanna... your, to get your best value, you've got to really just uh, lay down the gauntlet and tell you, tell you and I'm going to tell you how it is. So, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to tell David in a minute about Carolina. I got some feelings there, but I, I really want to talk about this uh, Florida Tampa series too, just for a moment before we jump into the Canadian stuff. This has been a long time coming. Finally, these two teams are, you know, great. They're actually good teams with great players. Um, call Tampa what you want with all their shenanigans with uh, 
Kucherov and Stamkos coming back for the playoffs and all that money being able to be shelved and bring in guys and do different things. And, you know, it is what it is. The Leafs did the same thing. So any Leafs fans chirping should uh, check the Leafs bank statements because they did the exact same stuff. But I look at this matchup here and I say, you know what, this is the first time it gets to happen. And I want to see the Florida Panthers go over top of the Tampa Bay Lightning just for the sheer fact that Tampa is the defending Stanley Cup champions and it would help put Florida on the map over Tampa for once and make Florida the talking point as the team to kind of watch in the next few years. And I say that because of the goaltending situation in Florida, great young guy in Spencer Knight, great young, uh, and then Borowski, and then you have Drieger, which is going to be a free agent. But you look at the players on Florida and it's about time the world takes notice of guys like Cubido and Barkov you know, guys that you don't get to hear a whole lot about, except for when a roll, awards roll around and they're mentioning why he should be in the same breath of this player or that player. But I think finally this is a stage for them to upstage the Tampa Bay Lightning and, you know, go on a little bit of a heater, a roll, not against the Leafs or anything, but just, you know, win a round or two and finally cement yourself as, hey, we're here too. We're not just the uh, ugly sister to the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you know what? They, they virtually have been that. I know, I know they went on a run uh, many years ago where they lost to the Avalanche in the cup final, but you really haven't heard of the Florida Panthers mentioned in playoff terms for quite some time. Um, You know what? And I agree with you. And I'm going to add to it by saying the addition of Sam Bennett at the trade deadline has been just money found. If you're a Calgary Flames fan listening to this this morning, it's just another reminder of what a poor move they did trying to develop this young forward because he, he goes to Florida and all of a sudden he blossoms into what everybody thought. I had a chance to watch him a lot in the OHL because I cover a lot of Mississauga Steelheads. Speaking of Steelheads, shout out to Owen Tippett who plays on the second line of the Florida Panthers. It looks like yep. he's going to be a player as well. But man, guys like that, they're playing with Huberto as well. Barkov is, is maybe that, that quiet, underrated guy that nobody hears about yet, can do everything defensively, and he's even better offensively. So um, that, that is going to be a true battle of Florida, and for the first time ever, a real battle of Florida, because you have two heavyweights slugging it out in the first round. Jamie, we haven't seen that maybe ever. Yeah, what, what do you think there, Mr. Annecy? What do you think of those two? Um, I was dying to say Sam Bennett before David, as you were talking about. <laughs> oh yeah, they got Barkoff, they got Hubido. Um, again, we t- we talked off air. Uh, Mac Weger, huge role here in Halifax during the Mem Cup. Each each team going into the playoffs has a connection to either they played here in Halifax or they played St. Mary's or they played wherever, um, whichever team they played for here in Halifax. It's like I said, it, it's going to be an interesting two months. Like it's every team. Like but look at look at Sam Bennett, right? I was on the Sam Bennett trade train before the trade deadline. I said, what would it take to have Sam Bennett come to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Definitely not a straight up trade with Nylander. They got me in so much Twitter crap. I <laughs> I thought, why don't you just send Nylander to to Calgary and for Sam Bennett? What's it going to take to get Sam Bennett? Um, and obviously, Toronto didn't get Sam Bennett. He would have been good on that second, sec, uh, sorry, the third line. Um, Can I maybe- pause you for one second and just say this? Guys, I'm going to say this. You look at TJ Brody, um, and Joe Thornton, any guy that Kyle Dubas has wanted has ended up becoming a Toronto Maple Leaf eventually. So there was want for Sam Bennett. 
I don't cross it out that Sam Bennett becomes a Maple Leaf sometime in the next couple of seasons with the Toronto Maple Leafs. No, hundred percent. And I like, like David mentioned, he got to watch him in Theo and I got to watch him playing for Kingston under Dougie Gilmore um, quite a few times when Kingston was in Ottawa. So um, I've loved the guy. Um, uh, is he similar to Doug Gilmore? Maybe it's a different era too. Right. Um, but Hey, you're right, James down the road, we may get Sam Bennett, but you know, let's not, uh, take up all of our time talking about one person that Toronto didn't, no, no, no. didn't get. Well, here, I want to uh, say this. David's time's very valued, so we wouldn't want to be <laughs> getting his opinion on why didn't Toronto get Sam Bennett, but hey. Um, <laughs> we'll, do that. we'll do still that. still have an off-season off to get through. Too. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Listen, I want to say this. You, you got Carolina on the futures, but I really do hope it pays off because obviously you're on the show, and you know we'll continue a friend of the show here, but I'm going to say there's been no team that has – looked everybody in the face, all the doubters and naysayers, more so this season than the Nashville Predators. Everybody thought they were going to be the uh, the kingmakers come the trade deadline, trading all their good players away and yeah. you know recouping for the future. And then all of a sudden you win, what, 14 out of 17, and you've turned on a heater, and now you're you know looking like one of the better teams. And you're going in against a team like Carolina, which, hey, you know, full marks to Rod Brindamore and all his staff. Um, and the players and everything like that, they've bought into the whole, you know, this is a team mentality. You look at Brenda Moore now saying about the contract stuff. He wants everyone taken care of. So that doesn't just trickle down to the staff. That also gets to the players. And you know that as a family, everybody's battling through the same door and wanting to protect the house and win the games. But I look at Nashville and say, when a team gets on a roll, and let's just hope that they didn't get on one too early. But if you're getting on a roll, I mean, it's hard to stop those teams that start to capture lightning in a bottle. And I look at the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple seasons ago. Mm-hmm. They started putting things together, and we all know what happened to the uh, good old-fashioned Tampa Bay Lightning. They got swept in four games. So maybe Nashville resembles some of that in the playoffs here and uses a lot of that bulletin board material we all created for them and says, hey, look at us. We're staying together, and now we're going on. Good point. Good point. You can say that uh, we've 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 seen documented history where hot teams stay hot, and we've seen cold teams stay stay cold. So, and the great part is everything kind of should be fresh on Saturday night. But uh, how much of that carries over? I, I I can't wait, and that's what makes uh, NHL playoff hockey some of the best uh, out of any sport when it comes to the postseason. Oh, definitely. Well, speaking of teams that are cold. Let's talk about the Winnipeg Jets. Absolutely. It is. It's a true story. <laughs> team is uh, definitely a, a cold team, and you're going up against a red hot Connor McDavid, his sidekick, Leon Dreisaitl, nothing to snuff your nose at. Uh, we all went into this season with the Edmonton Oilers thinking goaltending would be their Achilles heel with Mike Smith and Koskinen, thinking they missed the boat on Markstrom. But Mike Smith has been the, uh, the Mike Smith of old, and you know what's happening now. The, the Edmonton Oilers are absolutely rolling. And it doesn't look too, too good for the Winnipeg Jets. Connor Hellebuck looks like he's coming back around the corner a bit, but they are going to be without Nick Ehlers, uh, tip of the cap to a real kipper, dropping that nose the other day. Um, for you, you look at the Winnipeg Jets, do you think they have enough to beat Connor McDavid and the Edmonton Oilers, or are the Oilers just going to steamroll that one? No, I think they do. I think they do. I think offensively speaking, and yeah, you're right. They come into this postseason cold, like ice cold, maybe the coldest in the NHL right now. But uh, you start seeing signs of, uh, of Blake Wheeler heating up. Uh, 
uh, Kyle Connor scored a goal in his last game. Uh, guys like this have to start producing. We know Mark Scheifele is a playoff performer. Pierre-Luc Dubois has had good playoffs in the past. He has to continue this through the postseason. Paul Stastny has a pretty good resume as well. I think depth-wise up front, that's going to be key to the Winnipeg Jets. I think they have more depth up front, even though Connor McDavid is heads and tails better than anybody right now on earth. So that, that's, that's, a, that's a big uh, determining factor between the two teams. But depth-wise up front, I like the Jets a lot. Defensively, I, I actually give the Oilers a little bit of an edge there. I even like what they did in the uh, trade deadline to pick up uh, a little bit of a journeyman, uh, former Winnipeg Jet, by the way, uh, in the back end. And in goal, Mike Smith has had a, a really nice season. But if you, if you are telling me which goaltender do you want, I will pick Connor McDavid. 100 times out of 100 if you match him up against Mike Smith. And I think he's going to be the difference in this series. I, I, uh, I love what you tweeted there, Jamie, earlier on this morning about the Connors. And, yes, everybody has the McDavid love, and you should. This, this is Gretzky-like what we've seen this year. He's eaten up a really poor division. But uh, when it comes to the postseason, he's going to need a lot more than Leon Dreisaitl. And I think the Winnipeg Jets will actually win in the first round to advance to the next round. You mentioned Connor McDavid. I'm thinking you're referring to Hellebuck versus Mike Smith. You... Uh, no, no, but I'm, I'm just saying, oh, okay. I'm just saying when you, when you look at the, the matchups as far as Connor McDavid, oh, Connor okay. Hellebuck, yes. Oh, okay. uh, just because I think that's your key focal point of this series. Can, can one stop the other? Connor McDavid has been so good this year. This might be one of the greatest offensive performances ever uh and that's and that's you got to relate it to also time uh because Gretzky did not play in this type of era Connor McDavid did not play in that era but as far as points per game what he's done truly remarkable I, I just think uh but yes Connor McDavid uh versus Connor Hallibuck and yes the goaltending matchups I probably said it a little bit wrong there uh, the goaltending matchups when you're looking at it's it it's going to be a lot uh, of Connors there's three Connors it's Kyle Connor, Connor well, yeah. and Connor McDavid. And, I'm, <laughs> yeah. and there's <laughs> a whole bunch confusing. coming up through the systems too in different teams. Yeah. I know Connor yeah. seems to be the it name lately, yeah. but uh, Connor, Connor but, yeah. Bedard. Uh, and Connor McMichael too, Washington oh, Capitals. Geez. So Team Canada. But <laughs> oh, wow. anyway, we're losing track here, James. Put us back <laughs> on the track, my man. Yeah, well, look at this. Okay, we look at that series there and we say, okay, if you guys are saying the Jets, for whatever reason, I'm going to go with Edmonton on this one. And I do think that they will be the ones to prevail um, simply on the backs of uh, McDavid and Dreisaitl. And I think Mike Smith will have his Mike Smith-esque kind of playoff and, you know, go on a little bit of a heater himself and, and get through that. Um, I just, for whatever reason, think Winnipeg right now is into that wall. And I don't think that they're going to heat up enough to, to finish off the Winnipeg or the uh, Edmonton Oilers. I think it'll go six or seven, but I think the uh, the Oilers will prevail. But then I was speaking of another team full of injuries and problems. Uh, you look at the Montreal Canadiens and listening to the fact that Shea Weber um, pretty much is unable to use one shoulder, but is going to start game one. Um, he's shoveling pucks with his offhand, and he's not putting a lot of, uh, I guess, mustard on the other side. And then Brendan Gallagher should be 100%, but... Shea Weber is a big key factor for that team. Um, they lean on him. They lean on uh, Ben Sherrod as well. And another guy that's got a little nagging injury, I don't know if anybody's heard of this one. I didn't hear about it until I listened to the Leaf Report podcast, but they were talking with the guys from Montreal, and they mentioned that Josh Anderson 
is mm. dealing with a lower body injury and is not able to get enough spring in his step, um, you know, to do the forceful hits that he likes to do. And we all know the uh, impact he's had on Jake Muzzin and Austin Matthews this season when those two teams have collided. Given the, uh, the health of those players going into the series, and I know everybody's banged up a little bit, but if you don't have, you know, Shea Weber being able to lower that boom or, you know, even Josh Anderson able to be effectiveness away from the puck, I think that takes away a lot of what Montreal would try to do against Toronto, which is what Columbus did, is slow it down and muck it up uh, without those kind of guys. I'm wondering what you think there, David. Uh, you know what? I, I happen to agree with that. I, I think the, the key to any sort of Canadian success, <clears throat> excuse me, is, is, is a little bit of toughness, uh, a lot of hitting. And when you take out key players like that of the Montreal Canadiens mm-hmm. lineup, um, I think that is a difference. I, I lean heavy here on the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it shouldn't really surprise anybody. I, I don't know how many Montreal Canadian supporters think the Canadians actually have a chance in this series. I hope this is a competitive series between these two uh, rivals that haven't played uh, a series since 1979. But uh, talent on talent, when lineups are full, the Toronto Maple Leafs are more than dominant over the Montreal Canadiens. And I think that's going to be the difference. I think Toronto's going to win this series four games to one. I think when you look at uh, the series going back to Montreal, maybe they split there in Montreal uh, or, or there's a schedule bump, like a back-to-back on you know consecutive nights. Maybe there's a split there, but the Toronto Maple Leafs should not have too many problems with the Montreal Canadiens in this first round matchup. Yeah. Well, I'm with you. I said the same thing yesterday with offside hockey talks, TikTok page. We did a little video saying that they're going to go 4-1. I think that back-to-back, I think they lose the second game in the back-to-back, and then they go back and close it out in Toronto. You know, I don't know fans, but still, you close it on your own home ice. But I look at the the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I think about the fact that they're not scoring on the power play. The power play is an absolute mess. They're inside each other's heads. They can't seem to figure it out, but they're still winning games and still scoring goals on five on five. And you look at the five on five play, worth the, uh, the goal scoring. And I think they have I think either five or six players within the top, I think it's 30 or top 20 um, players for five on five goal scoring this season. So you have that ability and you don't have to rely on your, your power play. The only thing that I worry about with the power play being so South is the Montreal Canadians are able to turn it up ice and, and, you know, get those shorthanded goals. Sure. That's a detriment to, to the major Leafs. but I'm just thinking here and thinking out loud, if the Maple Leafs, for whatever reason, can get their power play rolling here in the playoffs and they're able to continue that five-on-five dominance, that is another level this team hasn't seen since the first month. Yeah, I agree. And and you know what the funny thing is? The three of us are sitting here talking about it. How in the world are the Toronto Maple Leafs struggling on a power play with what they can put on the ice in both units? I, I, have, I have no idea how... This has been a struggle, but somebody has to figure this out fast because there's just too much talent on the ice. And when all that talent is playing against a team, no matter what team it is, with a man down, there really should be no excuse why you cannot be the number one power play in the NHL. I'm just wondering if it's overthinking it. They're not keeping it simple. I mean, if you look at it, how many times, I don't know how what your fandom is there, David, but I know for me, I'm watching that power play and I'm seeing Mitch Marner with a clear shot or a shot to, through traffic or whatever, and he doesn't take it. Same thing with William Nylander or even Morgan Riley. You know, mm-hmm. they look for the pass before they look for the shot. And I think if you get those pucks on net, look at when Wayne Simmons was being successful with this team. It was when they were shooting the puck and he was doing the dirty work in front. 
either getting the rebound or shoveling it out to a guy to put it behind the goaltender. Those things aren't happening. It's all pretty plays and, you know, making sure you got the drop pass or, you know, passing around the zone. You hear it on the broadcast. They talk about how much zone control they have or how much zone time they have, but they never, ever seem to finish, you know, and I'm thinking, Hey, you know, maybe simplify it a bit, get some pucks on net and let them know that, Hey, we can shoot and we will shoot. But I mean, it's easier said than done when you're sitting on a couch or, you know, standing, watching the game, but (laughs) I, I just, I hearkened, I had a conversation with Thomas Caberlet a couple of years ago when hometown hockey was here. And I asked him, why didn't you ever shoot? And he said, well, why didn't you play in the NHL? <laughs> you know? So, you know, he, he, he shot it right back at me. So it's like, all right, fair, fair enough. But yeah, you look yeah. at it and you hear everybody saying that they should shoot more, but I don't know if Toronto get that power play going. I think that they may come out of this, the Kings of the North. I mean, you never know what happens in round two and what you came out injury wise, but. I don't know, man. I got high hopes for Toronto this year, especially with the leaders they brought in, like Thornton, Simmons, Felino. It's sad Bogosian won't be there round one, but, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see Hyman and other guys back. But I'm, I want to ask you, for this lineup's sake, do you see Riley Nash cracking this uh, lineup here, especially what he can do defensively as a center? I think it might be uh, an in-and-out situation because if he's going to crack anything, it's going to be that third line. Uh, I think they're going to, I think their fourth line solidified when you have Thornton, Spezza, Simmons. Uh, I don't think you touch that unless there's an injury of some sort. Uh, The third line and and Kerfoot, uh, you know, uh, Pierre Envall, guys like that, that might be your switch around where one guy comes in, one guy comes out, depending. Uh, I actually, I actually like Nash. I, I, I like him in the lineup at all times, but we'll see because they, they also have to, you know, they have to obviously, uh, Zach Hyman will find his way back into this lineup full time. Uh, Nick Foligno was back last game as well. These are some really great forwards that they've picked up, especially well, Foligno that they picked up at the trade deadline, which which will provide a lot of heavy, heavy minutes and obviously some grit as well. And this team doesn't have a lot of grit. They do have Wayne Simmons, yes, but when you add a Foligno who can hit, when you add a Nash who could get in there and do stuff like that, I really like it. My question mark for the Maple Leafs is, Who's your goalie, and is he going to stop the occasional puck and not let in not let in the gifts that we've seen before? Because if you look at Fred Anderson's playoff history, one bad goal a game is not something that this team can afford. Um, and, and you know, is it Jack Campbell in Game One? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too, because it's a major debate here in Toronto on who actually will and who actually deserves to be number one in Game One. So I'm going to get called out for this one. And Jamie, you can hold me to the, uh, the fire here or shove the croak pie through my mail slot. If you want, um, I'm going to backpedal. I'm going to say it is going to be Jack Campbell in game number one. Uh, not because Freddie was horrible in his Manitoba starts or was horrible, you know, the other night against the Ottawa senators. I just don't think he's had enough time to get back to the feel of it. And I don't think throwing him game one against the Montreal Canadiens with all the hoopla that'll be going into it. I know the fans won't be there, but there's still going to be a lot of media talk and different things going on. I don't think you want to throw them in there, especially when now it seems to be more between the years than the actual play. So I think Jack Campbell will get number one spot. And I think it'll be his spot to run with until he falters. I do think Freddie backs up and you know, it doesn't hurt. You look at the, when the Capitals went on their cup run, they had a young guy named Grubauer who started off and yep. it was Braden Holpe who finished it. So, I mean, there's no reason why the Toronto Maple Leafs can't do that. But Jack Campbell is the young guy who starts it 
And when they need to lean on experience deeper in the playoffs, you lean on the experienced guy in Frederick Anderson. You know, that's why you have this. And it's not a bad problem to have who's going to be your starting goalie. But I think right now you look at Jack Campbell and what he's done. I think you say you go with the hot hand and you tell Freddie Anderson, if he does falter, be ready because it'll be your turn to go between the pipes. And if for whatever reason they're up large in a game, say they go up four or five, nothing against Montreal. And I'm not saying it's going to happen, but you know, if they do, there's no reason why maybe you put Freddie Anderson in and just let him mm. run with it for a little bit in that game, just to feel the puck against the Montreal Canadians. And just to be in that atmosphere because you have such a big cushion of a lead you know, get him some in-game time. I mean, I know it's not the preseason and all that garbage, but if you're up on a team, there's no reason you can't work a guy into the lineup, I don't think. Be interesting. Be interesting to see who actually gets that call, right? <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's one of the, the hottest debates. It's who's going to be in net and who's going to play with Nylander and Tavares. Everybody seems to think it's either Felino. I'm of uh, the ilk, uh, I'll take an Elliot Friedman expression, don't bleep with happiness. Uh, Galchenyuk has fit in well with Nylander and Tavares. They seem to be very happy playing together. Um, You know, Foligno, he didn't look out of place playing with them, but at the same time, I think there's a little continuity with those three, and I don't think you bleep with happiness. I think you build that third line that Sheldon Keefe wanted by putting Riley Nash, Nick Foligno, and Mikheyev or whatever guy you want to rotate in and out of there, but you finally build that third line that he's been looking for all season when he tried to put Hyman, Kerfoot, and Mikheyev together as a defensive line, because you know Hyman's going up with Matthews and Marner, but I, I think you build a defensive line with Felino this time and and leave uh, Kerfoot down there too with Riley Nash and, and say, hey, this is your assignment, run with it. Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got many thoughts on this. I know you guys talked about Riley, Riley Nash. You've also got to add in Robertson, Brooks. Uh, do they play during the playoffs? Um, Robertson doesn't play, I don't think, at all this playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, I don't think Brooks does either unless there's an injury. Just because they're they're healthy up front and you kind of got your 12, right? So you actually See, got more than 12. <laughs> yeah, you got guys like uh, Engvall sitting yeah. there waiting too, right? And, and my thoughts on Anderson, if he had been hurt earlier, not later, um, not sure when he actually got hurt. He hasn't been playing for two months. He did play. Um, and people complained like, oh, he played played Marley's. Like he, you got to realize – I've watched Marley's games all year. You can't say you can't um, sit there and say Marley's hockey is similar to NHL. It's I know it's some NHL players that go down and play, but that's not that's he's not getting the shots in the American League than he is in the NHL. Like the goal he let in the other night, he was screened. He he's he's got to get some more games in. Um, but. I just wanted your guys' opinion on Robertson and uh, Brooks, maybe if they got inserted. But um, I would say Engvall would have to be taken out of the lineup for for Riley Nash. Like, I don't see much of Engvall um, in Mm -hmm. the playoffs. And and to be really honest, like last uh, against Ottawa, Brady Kachuk was running – he – um, was running after uh, Matthews. So you've got to have Simmons on that top line. You've got to have, add some grit. I know it's not the days of Semenko and guys that were um, next to Gretzky, but you've got to have some sort of grit on the top line because it's going to, to, to sum up the whole series versus the Habs, it's going to be a street fight. And I'm, I'm only like today is not too bad, but once we get into Wednesday, Thursday, I'm going to really feel nervous because I feel 
we're going to see the vintage carry price that we saw last year versus Pittsburgh, and he only let four goals in against Gino and, and Sidney Cosby. So um, we should not, – not so much in the next few days, but we really should start not so much get worried, but just sit back and realize that um, if Carey Price plays game one, um, which I strongly believe he will, um, Allen has played, so I don't know how that's going to work, but that's that's uh, uh decision to make. But I'm, I strongly believe if we see a carry price from last year in the qualifying round against Pittsburgh, um, and Toronto can't get can't get his can't get their power play going, we're we're going to be in trouble. And I don't understand. Maybe it could be the resurgence of T- Tyson Berry in Edmonton, but you've got a team like David said, to, to your top six are loaded, and you can't get the power play going. I'm I'm wondering. How many people in Leaf Nation actually still have their TV? Like they probably threw it out, punched it, or got pissed off because they haven't shot the puck or they haven't done anything on the power play. And Jeff O'Neill mentioned on Overdrive, he said, you know, tonight they're gonna they're gonna maybe sit Matthews and Marner for a while, maybe play play the power play. But I think tonight when they play the Jets, they should put those guys out there, put their top guys out there to get some time on the power play and. Um, it's right now it's still early. We don't play the Habs until next Thursday, but um, I say by Wednesday or Thursday morning, Leaf Nation should really um, sit back and realize who the Habs are playing in nets. Like Carey Price, I strongly, it's going to go to six or seven games. Carey Price steals that uh, series. And my last thought, um, we don't need, where we're so loaded up top or up front, we don't need, because a lot of people said, well, they brought in Terry Sodchak in '67 to help Johnny Bauer. Well, we don't we don't need that situation. Like Campbell and Anderson will figure itself out. We'll, we'll do fine. We we really just gotta protect Matthews because we can't have guys like Gallagher or Brady Kachuk running Matthews on the top line, and the goalie has to work himself out. We just need to work on the power play. Um, that's that's my only thoughts. Um, Regards to I got, I got one team for you guys that's going to fix the power play, and he's a kid who's already playing with much poise, jumping in the NHL, and I think he'll usurp, uh, usurp sorry, Morgan Riley, Rasmus Sandin. Seems to have a lot of confidence moving the puck, uh, a lot of confidence shooting the puck, and all the things that I said the Leafs have been missing on the power play. Mm-hmm. He seems to uh, be ready to quarter pack that uh, number one unit, and I think you'll see that in the, the uh, playoffs here. It'd be interesting. He's going to get his opportunity, right? Uh, they, I know they made the, the, the lineup switch with the Ottawa Senators to take a look at Ben Hutton, but uh, for my value, Ben Hutton is going to be a, a popcorn press box uh, guy at best, unless there's an injury to the top six. And then you got Bogo coming back likely in the second round. Um, so that even drops Hutton even lower. So um, my, my question is when, when everybody's kind of healthy on the back end, does Rasmus, uh, Sandin have a chance to crack this top six? Cause I think he should be on the top six. I'm just not sure the Maple Leafs coaching staff think that way as well. He, he definitely looked good with Brody. I, I like the Sandin Brody matchup compared to the Morgan Riley Brody matchup. Now you're absolutely right. You, you, you put a guy in the, in the, in the street fight, 21 years of age. Um, that's the question that that's up, left up the Keith and, and the management. But 
Um, as I saw in the last couple of games with Sandine and 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 uh, Brody, that's a much sexier line than uh, Riley and Brody for sure. But um, I'm not I'm not Sheldon Keith, so uh, it's that's just how it works, right? So yeah. <laughs> well, I'll ask you this: you you have the futures bet for the Carolina Hurricanes uh, to win the Stanley Cup. Uh, personal money winning aside. Yeah. Who is your favorite to win the Stanley Cup out of all the teams? Uh, I know you like Carolina for many different reasons, but is that your go-home runaway bet as a team that will probably win it all? Great question. Um, I, I could probably sit there and go, uh, you know, you sit there and you, you, you name a number of different teams because I, I love what the East Division has, but I also think the East division is going to beat itself up pretty good, uh, scrapping that out to actually form a winner. Uh, I think the North division, uh, this isn't really uh, breaking news, but I think it's the weakest of the four. If it's the Leafs, it's the Oilers, whatever it is, I, I don't think they will do well final four. I truly think that although I'm pulling for the Carolina Hurricanes, they, they likely will not. Uh, my, my selection would probably be between Vegas and Colorado. Whoever wants to win that series, which is probably better than what we're going to see in the conference finals. Whoever wins that divisional matchup is, is my lock on the Stanley Cup. I, I want to see those two teams, whatever comes out of that, as long as Vegas is healthy. Colorado was injury-ridden uh, earlier on this year. They're back. I want to see what those two teams look like in the second round because that will be the second round matchup. And I think that will be the eventual Stanley Cup champ. Yeah, All Col- right. Colorado's a little bit more youthful, so maybe that might factor in. Um, I've watched them so many times this year in a 2-1 game, so it would be a lower scoring game than the, um, maybe the North Division. Um, I do have one one last question for David. Um, unless you did the North division live up to its hype? Uh, watchability. Yes. Talent wise. No, 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 it didn't. Uh, I, I was thoroughly disappointed with the Calgary flames this year. I expected a lot more, especially when they went in the off season and brought in arguably the best goaltender they've had since Mika Kiprasov. I was equally disappointed in the Vancouver Canucks this year and the COVID aside, this team was bad right from the beginning. Uh, Thatcher Demko did not take the necessary steps I thought he was going to build off of the bubble and kind of carry this and Brayden Holdby was not a very good solution when it was his turn to run with the puck and run with the ball uh, in the Canucks net so I look at those two teams I I don't think anybody figured the Ottawa Senators were going to do anything Uh, and and of course they kind of lived up to it outside of this last month of the season the Edmonton Oilers were a good team the Toronto Maple Leafs were a very good team the Canadians were a disappointment. And I think the Jets, you know, if you're grading the Jets season because of what they did in the last month, you'd have to sit there and say C. So you, you, you grade the division. You have an A and B team. You have a C team in the, in, the, in the Jets. You have a D team in the Canadians. And you have three failures. So the talent in the North division, when more than 50% of the division is at a D or lower, it really, it really wasn't. It was kind of kind of disappointing in that way. And for one, for one other thing with it, I actually liked watching the Canadian division, even though it wasn't the top division, but I kind of got tired seeing the same two teams playing four straight games in the course. And I know it's a travel thing and I know they were trying to be, you know, keep the teams together as much and, and kind of eliminate the, all, all the in between because Canada is a pretty big country when you look at the mass of it. Right. 
yeah. but I, I didn't enjoy sitting there playing the Edmonton Oilers on four out of six nights or the Toronto Maple Leafs on three or five nights or going to Vancouver, Calgary, and Edmonton for two weeks and uh, in, in seeing that. I, I did not enjoy that side of it. But you know what? They made the most in a very difficult year, uh, and the NHL has to be commended on that. No, 100%. Now we get to see what happens through the playoffs here and hopefully towards maybe the uh, third round we get you back on and see who's left and uh, see how the future bet's doing as well, David. Absolutely. And uh, thanks for having me on. This has been a lot of fun. Continue success, guys. This is uh, this is great. And whenever you need me, I'm I'm going to be available to you guys for sure. Yeah. Great job, by the way, on the the early show with Mike Richards. Uh, people tune into that show, know what he went through, and you guys are doing a fantastic job. I tune in uh, when I can. So, uh, Mike Richards, uh, look him up on. Uh, or actually, how can they people find the Mike Richards show? Uh, you know what? Uh, check out saga960am.com. You can live stream it like we all do these days. Because <laughs> I'm very similar to you, Jamie, where, where I'm, I'm watching and listening to a lot of different shows across North America. Uh, of course, with my alliance to the uh, Jets, I'm listening to a lot of Winnipeg radio and so forth. And, and uh, you know, podcasts like yourself and, 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 you know, shows like that that kind of deal with North Division hockey and the NHL as a whole. So there's a lot out there. And yeah, you can catch us on the World Wide Web, as they say. Awesome, Dave. Thanks for joining us today. 